heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Stay informed about the state of racing with RSN's Racing Pulse. Uh, it is great to have a legend in the studio. Darren Gouchy joins us here. And uh, we've got a fair bit to talk to the, the Gouch about because he has been through something similar to what Damien Oliver is going through at the moment with a very public uh, farewell to race riding as a most loved jockey in the sport. And, of course, uh, the Gouch now is also um, the guru of the next generation as he moulds the apprentices and jockeys of uh, the future. Uh, Gouch, great to see you, mate. How are you? Very well, thanks, Michael. It's good to be here. Uh, you and Ollie go a long way back. Do you have any recollection of when you first came across this young kid from the West who uh, arrived in Victoria? I do. Um, it was actually here at Flemington. I was um, uh, Lee Freeman's rider at the time, and I think it was about, what, 1989 that Damien came over. Uh, 16 or 17 years old he was and um, I remember him and I always had those memories of him he had a fantastic unbelievable work ethic um, a little bit unassuming yep. at first um, he, and he was just even in track work and things like that he was so competitive <laughs> and I, I sort of you know and I thought oh, geez, I can't wait to see this um, you know this kid ride and I remember the first couple of times I watched him ride, I, I thought, wow, he just had that wow factor about him. He he just had that ability to read a race and sum up a race and how a race was going to fall, you know, plan out um, beyond his years, well beyond his years. And at that time, he only had to sort of strengthen up a little bit, was, mm. you know, um, and... I remember um, shortly after that, uh, we were at track work one morning and Lee come to me and said, we're talking about track work, and he said, I don't think this kid's got much idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him dumb and I thought, you're having, you're having a crack at me here, Lee, and I think he was, because um, I said to Lee, I said, I think this kid's going to be a champion. Did you? I thought then, I thought he's going to be a champion, yeah. Wow. So mm. I want to dig deeper into that. Like, as a, as a superstar jockey, you know the nuances of, uh, nuances of, of race riding better than anyone. But you can, you can see from a young kid what you were describing about how they can read a race. So mm. what is that? Is it like they know when to make a move or they know when to be in the right position? What, what's the actual well, essence of that? Well, it didn't matter where he was in the, in the field, actually, whether it was in front or way back last or midfield. He he had that ability to put a, put his mound in a winning position on the turn mm. with clear air. Um, it was just amazing. Uh, something to watch when you saw a 17-year-old ride that and he was so, so cool and patient. I know he came over here from Western Australia. Um, and he, he won the premiership. I think he rode as an apprentice, uh, 98, 90, no, 88, 89 season. He won the premiership as an apprentice in WA. I think he rode 66 winners, and there were raps on him, but mm. when I saw him, well, when I saw him ride. Mm. Gee whiz. Um, uh, and you had some memorable battles in the saddle yourself, as you, you were the king when he came across. 
I was the king, and I think, um, like I said, he, <laughs> when I first saw him right, I thought, you know, I might be in a bit of trouble here <laughs> with my job. <laughs> and it didn't take long for him to, you know, it was only a couple of months later, he was riding Group 1 races and, and winning group, mm. group 1s, and it was just amazing how quick he picked it up, and uh, look at his record, he, it's unbelievable. You know, when he rode over, what, 2,800 winners, uh, 129 Group 1 races. Yeah. Um, 14 times Scobie Breezley winner. Um, a strike rate of 16%. And, and how many premierships did he win also? It, it's amazing and uh, what he has achieved, you know, with you know, other things. And, and you said it's that competitive instinct which has stayed so strong throughout because uh, I suppose in any sport, in any job, you could maybe get a little complacent if you're, if you're doing it so easy. But mm. Ollie never seemed to have that. No, he didn't. He like he maintained that work ethic right through his whole career, and it's like every day at the races and watching Ollie pre-race, every ride he'd warm up. Mm. He'd do his exercises. It might be star jumps. It might be just sitting you know, kneeling over trying to push, acting as though he's pushing out a horse, and yep. he'd warm up. And then you knew straight away he's in race mode. Mm. You know, he switched on. You know, yep. But that's how competitive he was. And by God, you knew it when you're in a tight finish with him. <laughs> you really, you really had to focus on just saving that last bit all mm. the time because it was so hard to beat. Beat him. We um, we had so many good battles, and uh, you know, it was uh, like it was an absolute honour to ride to ride with him. Did he have the Ollie yell back in the day, or is that something that's developed? No, always had, always had. Yeah, yell. yeah, yeah. Did yeah. many others have something like that as well? Uh, yeah, it was pretty common with yeah. most jockeys. More so um, when I started riding. Really? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Who were some of the big yellers? Like, because Ollie's the the standalone now, and it was almost one of racing's little secret until COVID came along, and you could pick it up on the audio. <laughs> I think oh, oh yeah, hold it. Ollie holds the record. Yeah, yeah record. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said you had some great battles. I want to bring up one in particular, and this was a Group One race. Uh, a, a lot of our um, older races Racing fans will remember this. It was the Futurity Stakes in 2001, and it was a dead heat. Um, you were riding, I think, Desert Sky, and Ollie was on Mr Murphy for yeah. the Freedmans, and these this was the concluding stages. Mr Murphy's going for a rails run. Desert Sky in front. Goosey pleases, swapping him on the outside. Here's Porter Rocker and Black Bean coming in. Mr Murphy, the rail. Desert Sky, a leader with 100 to go. What's the plans with Wunamek Post Saturday? Will you give him another break or are there some other races from over the summer? Well, sorry for that little interlude there, but in the end it was a dead heat on the line and you mentioned how tough he was to beat in a tight finish. What are your recollections of that day? I, um... Desert Sky, he was, he was, he was a lovely horse. Um, he just had a habit every time when you put him under pressure, he'd move out. He wanted to sort of run off the, veer off the track a little bit and he did that in most of his races. And uh, on this particular day, I wasn't sure. I could hear something come, coming up on my inside, but when I saw the colours out the side of my eye, I thought, oh, well, I'm in a bit of trouble here again. <laughs> but um, like I said, it was it was um, it was a great memory. Uh, we, As you know, we dead-heated the race and... Uh, um, 
Ollie never shared much with no. anybody before, but I think I could say, well, we shared the uh, a group one. So there you go. I love it. Um, what was this experience for you when you hung up the saddle? That was uh, about six years ago now. Um, ironically, same age uh, at yeah. 51 as Damien and Oliver. Do you recall vividly what the build-up was like for you, uh, how emotional it was? It was a big build-up, especially the last week. And it was just everything about, you know, having your last ride at Caulfield, what rides you got, things like that, and uh, trying to arrange a week. It was quite busy. And I was really overwhelmed and, and very grateful for what everybody did, and especially the Melbourne Racing Club, um, the day that they put on and the coverage that I got. And um, like I said, I, I was really overwhelmed. Mm. Mm. You rode a winner on that final day as well. Yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to ride a winner. Yeah, a horse called Goodwill for um, uh, Lord Williams. Yeah, and look, Ollie's had a very long farewell. Uh, it's been a farewell at every corner he's turned throughout the spring, which is befitting of the of the GOAT. Um, but how do you think his mental state will become Saturday where it is the actual final time he'll be putting the silks on on a race day and it's back in his hometown, the, the media scrutiny's been intense. Um, what What's that feeling like? It's a strange feeling. I, I, I felt it was a strange feeling for me. Um, it was a bit surreal. And to give you an example, it didn't hit me until I actually rode my last race ride on mm. the day. And that was for John Hawkes, it was called Long Run. Um, I went past the winning post and I just wanted to keep going. Yeah. I just wanted to stay on the horse because I knew it, that's when it really hit me. And mm. I, it nearly sort of brought a tear to my eye myself. And I thought, well, I just wanted to stay on this horse and just ride it forever. Um, but look, that's, it's come to a time in your career where you sort of know when to retire and I think Ollie's felt that and um, his career speaks for itself mm. so it, it's been unbelievable and he has an amazing career so for me it was more about I'm going to miss this and I'm sure Ollie's going to miss it too and he's probably going to make, think of making a comeback like I did um, but you go back and say, well, at least we both walked away from our sport. And did we did okay. you seriously consider coming back? I did miss it that much. I just missed being on the horse. Mm. Um, but fortunate enough, it sounds strange, but still being involved in racing and 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 uh, what I do now, uh, part of the team here at Racing Victoria um, as an apprentice mentor, it keeps me at the races a lot along. You know, the, you know, the bantry and the jockey's room, yep. all the other jockeys, it's sort of there in my face every day. That's what I was going to ask you about, what that transition phase is like. And I've I've had uh, good chats with Glenn Boss, who most recently has done this, and I know he's been um, a great sounding board for Damien Oliver, is that when you've had the adrenaline rush of being an elite sports person at the top of your game and, and nothing more so than being a jockey, the the thrill and the danger day in, day out, it can almost feel very mundane just to go back into what is perceived a normal life. It, it does, and that's probably hitting on the head there because you, you, you do miss that adrenaline rush, that competition uh, during the race, and uh, I think they're the two things you miss the most. And, and like I said, also just being on a horse. Mm. Mm. 
Do you ride regularly now? No, I don't. No? no. I've only been on one horse um, since I've retired. Really? Why is that? And, well, I thought about going back to ride track work and things like that. Um, and I thought, geez, I'm probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably want to come back race riding. You've, you've been on the mechanical horse a fair bit, yeah, though? Yeah, I've been on the mechanical horse. With yeah. all the apprentices? Yeah. And I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Ollie's going to do some stuff in the media as well, but mm-hmm. um, have you guys spoken to Ollie and said, hey, you've got such a wealth of knowledge? Um, you know, could there be something uh, every now and then to, to to try and impart some of that knowledge on the stars of the future that are coming through the ranks? I think so. Um, look, for Ollie, that'd be amazing if he can, because um, at time to time, Ollie has helped out um, quite a few apprentices. Mm. Uh, I've seen him in the room, have a talk to him, have a chat, and um, his knowledge, look, they're so privileged to have someone like him talk to them and help them out and give them advice as well mm. as what, you know, the, the coaches do, well, Alf, Matthews and myself do. Yeah, you and I have to do a, a wonderful job, and the proof's in the pudding. The, the the quality of the young apprentices that we've seen come through over the last few years and currently have been absolutely outstanding. Um, how do you see the future as far as the up-and-coming jockeys are concerned? Well, I see the future. Um, females are taking over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the jockeys room might change around a bit. Uh, change around. They might need to put the boys in the girls yeah, and the girls yeah. in the big one. Yeah, that's, that's what's what going to happen. But by God, they've done an amazing job. Yeah. They, they've really come to the fore. And um, you look at our, like this year's intake, uh, 2023 intake, and they're all up and running. We've got taken in eight apprentices uh, that year, uh, this year, sorry. And we've only got one left to go before he makes his debut. And yeah. That's Tom Spillane, who, yeah, unfortunately, he would have been up and running by now, but he's had a few injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing um, the percentage of, of females v. the boys? Um, it, it is now so much more a female um, sport for young apprentices rather than the, the young males coming through the ranks? Mm. And why is that? Mm, I think it's... I don't know the exact answer for that. Um, but you go to like a pony club, mm. where there used to be 50-50, the same now. It's mainly female yep. riders. And I think that's where this is sort of... The pony club sort of extended onto because they love riding. It's And because of... Look, uh, Michelle Payne winning the Melbourne Cup. Yep. Jamie Carr, what Jamie's achieved as a rider. And uh, I think that's inspired a, young, a lot of females to take this path, mm. go yep. down this path. And you know, a lot of these girls, have, like a lot of our intake or expression of interest every year are, are young female riders, say, from a pony club mm. um, that want to say, well, I could do this as a, as a career. And that's. Where it starts, yeah, I think that's well, where so many of them. Yeah, my daughter's a pony club, and I see mm. it firsthand every week, um, the amount yeah, of yeah. Um, girls compared to boys there. I, I want to expand on that with you um, and Alfie and a few of your apprentices, maybe more next year. You guys do a, a phenomenal job, and I love seeing, now that we're based here at RV headquarters, um, all the yeah. young kids that are, are going down there and working with you guys as well. But um, as we final uh, or, or, or sum up, just maybe leave us with that. Uh, 
a word or two on how Ollie will be remembered in, in your mind? Couch? Um, Ollie will be remembered in my mind. You know, we're, we're really good mates. Um, and I've, you know, like I said, I've known Ollie since uh, 1989. And he's the most competitive person I've ever known, um, to be honest. And uh, don't call him the goat for nothing, do they? Mm. Yep. I believe he, truly believe he's, he's the greatest of all time. Perfect way to end. Uh, Darren, great to see you, mate. Great to see you doing so well. And um, uh, you were considered the GOAT before Ollie came along as well, so it's great to get your perspective on the great Damien Oliver. Good to see you, Gouch. Thank you very much, Michael. Darren Gouchy, uh, the legend himself, joining me live in the studio.